Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinbart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is again, and I'm happy to continue a series uh, on privileged access management. My guest today is Paul Fisher. He's an analyst uh, of Kupinger Coal acting out of London. Hi, Paul. Hello, Matthias. Great to be with you again. Great to have you again and great to continue our discussion on privileged access management. We had one episode um, some, some weeks ago um, and we discussed the characteristics and um, the, the specifics of privileged accounts and how we do identify them. And today we want to have a look at uh, the technologies that solutions for managing privileged accounts adequately um, how they provide um, um, functionalities and what are the building blocks around that. And maybe you can, or we can start with uh, looking at managing the privileged accounts in general. So maybe we start with the privileged account data lifecycle management. Uh, what is behind that long acronym PADLM? So PADLM uh, is really the, the, a tool to manage your privilege account management system itself so that you can see when changes are made to the system, when perhaps different uh, services or data are added to it or where more people might be added to the privilege accounts that you have. So it's, it's really uh, just an effective kind of maintenance tool, really. Uh, and um, it's also useful for compliance purposes so that you have a record of when things changed perhaps when the system was upgraded or perhaps when you even switched over to a, a whole new provider right so it's also the place where um, one would assume that the criticality the the associated risk of a privileged account is actually identified and documented so that you can make sure that each each privileged account is understood with regards to um, complexity to risk to to criticality yeah I mean that's a very good point I mean I've been thinking a lot I mean I spend a lot of time thinking about privilege account management and uh, the more you sort of get into it the more uh, kind of complicated it becomes last time when we talked about privileged accounts we identified one key characteristics of many of these um, privileged accounts is that they are shared accounts so that they have the characteristic that the account credentials are known to more than one person so that or that they need to be known to more than one person so if we think of a root account an admin account in the cloud a root account on a unix system these are accounts that are used by many persons or need to be used by many persons and nevertheless are very strict and and not very elegant when it comes to credentials management. Um, so I assume that is, of course, one of the key functionalities that privileged account solutions need to provide. Yeah, for sure. And I think we said that um, shared accounts in an ideal world wouldn't exist, but we don't live in an ideal world. And so many companies or organizations will have privileged accounts that are accessed by many users. And there may also be accessed by applications or, or machines um, and they may even be accessed by uh, external partners so um, what what we need 
in this unideal world is uh, shared account password management. And I, I, I would say that the shared account password management is one of the most important features of any privilege access management system because shared accounts are not going to go away overnight. The point is that if, when choosing a, a privilege access management system, um, it's essential that there has SAPM built in. And then you need to go a little bit further. It's important that you check uh, with your vendor, that whatever vendor you're thinking about choosing, or if you have an existing vendor, how well that they actually manage shared accounts. Um, and the only way to find out is by asking them. So, but I think I'll just repeat that uh, shared account password management is one of the most important functions of any privilege access management system. Okay, so um, but but how can we how can we imagine how that really works? Um, I think the concept of password rotation comes into play here, and also that only makes sense when there is a session management and no other access to the system than via the privileged account management system. Absolutely, session. Uh, sorry, uh, rotating rotation of passwords is is one of the most fundamental ways of of, of controlling uh, shared access to uh, privilege accounts. There are some areas now where some vendors give one-time only access to uh, a person or, or a thing that wants access to a certain privilege account. This, this uh, is also sometimes called just-in-time. This actually gets over one of the problems of uh, shared accounts where you have too many perhaps too many users accessing a shared account, and some of those only really need it on a very irregular or even a one-off basis. So you can see that if, if you weren't able to give a person one-time access and then delete their access, uh, you would end up with um, a risk in that you have uh, that person being able, having access to that account still in place um, and an attacker could potentially find that and get access to that privilege account. So that's that's two ways of of of, of controlling shared account. Right, but to, to achieve this, there needs to be a a safe place for storing the passwords, the credentials in general, uh, within a PAM system. So there should be something that really is as secure as possible, because there will be the shared passwords in general, um, where you can extract them and use them for this one of purpose that you've mentioned, and then afterwards um, change them at the source of truth. Uh, so there, there is a, a safe place for storing credentials within a PAM system, right? Yeah, traditionally, privilege access management will have a what they call a vault, um, and that effectively is what it sounds like. So like a bank vault uh, keeps days would have kept cash safe um, so a digital vault is where passwords are um, generated and, and, and kept um, and these are automatically generated um, but we're, we're also seeing some people even feel that that is a security risk because you've still got a place where passwords are kept okay they're encrypted and they're hidden um, from view but we are seeing vaultless systems starting to appear uh, again where passwords are not stored or kept but instead people are, are issued a one-time sort of certificate and this is 
known as ephemeral access. But again, you have to, you have to balance convenience and security, the, the reason why passwords are stored and kept in vaults and why we have shared accounts is because for a lot of organizations, it's, it's convenient. Um, so Joe, Joe Smith in, in whatever department, say he works in HR, but he, he often needs access to certain employee files or, or company information. Then he knows that he basically will always have that access because the privilege access management system has already set it up it will uh, allow him in by generating a, a, a password um, and uh, in, he, in he goes. To make ephemeral systems and certificate, certificate systems work for, for that kind of user, then they're going to have to be, uh, as I said, almost invisible to, to the end user. And when I say end user, I don't mean the administrators working on, in PAM itself, but actually the employees. Um, they need to be able to, to do their job as seamlessly as possible. And I don't think that the ephemeral technology or just-in-time or one-time passwords are quite there yet. You've mentioned really an important point because I've talked uh, to many organizations and the employees and the admins within these organizations when introducing um, PAM solutions. And it is always about convenience and admins refusing to accept such a solution, but, but they are not asked anyway, but rejecting that because they get um, taken away a bit of the convenience because they are, were used to knowing the password to, uh, in the worst case, even having this root window on their desktop always open to, to just check the machine or work on the machine. And that all goes away when we introduce the concept of PAM. So there, uh, th this convenience part is really an important uh, step, uh, no matter where we um, implement that. And, and maybe so also we should look at, at the at the actual session management. Now that we learned that we have a lifecycle management for the accounts, we manage the shared credentials, be they certificates or passwords. Uh, so the next step for the admin still getting access to the um, to the target system that they want to administer would be then the, the session management. I was talking to a vendor a couple of days ago and they were demonstrating their product and they'd made big efforts to, to make it the interface or the UX um, far simpler than, than has been traditional in, in privilege access management. And I think that's an important trend and more and more vendors are, are, are doing this now so that for admins, um, they get a, a more friendly consumer style interface that, that you probably would associate more with consumer applications. And I think, I think that because techies like sometimes and admins like almost sometimes they like a bit of complexity and um, I think we have to kind of park that a little and consider that PAM is in is in the end a, a business tool and it's about effectively delivering privilege access to employees that genuinely need it to do their jobs and in, in a world where we're talking about digital transformation and agile environments and DevOps and APIs, microservices, all that stuff. The speed of development and, and the speed that companies are expected to react to changes in the markets and changes in demand um, is, is much higher than it used to be. And I think also the lessons of COVID has shown that companies have 
had to change the way they work very quickly. And also, we've seen how, for example, companies like Amazon have seen, you know, 40% increase in, in, in uh, demand and traffic, etc. We've seen how delivery companies have had to step up to the plate. And behind all of this is infrastructures where privilege access is, is playing an important part. So I think that ease of use is not something, I think I've used this phrase in a report, ease of use is nothing to be scared of. It actually is, is an important part. And the more that privileged access management vendors can hide the complexity of things like uh, certificates and certificate generation, and also make it much easier for admins to see what's happening in privilege account by pressing one button. And I think that's, that's all, all good. Uh, one additional aspect to look at, of course, is the aspect of, of governance and of compliance. So using privileged accounts comes with, of course, high privileges with the name, but also with high risk and uh, the risk management, the control of risks to having adequate controls in place to make sure that these privileged accounts are well controlled and monitored and well documented. That is also something that is around this, this session management. So when we, when we understand what the criticality of an account is, when we know how to manage the credentials for these accounts and to apply the right mechanism for rotating and for retrieving the password for such a system, the next step, of course, is then to, to apply for such a such a session for such an so, such an access um, and to have somebody approve it and then you get that access as simple as possible as you've mentioned and, and as elegant and as transparent as possible but well controlled yeah and session recording and session recording management is is another area which actually when you think about it uh, the amount of information that a privilege access management platform might be processing each day in, in a in a largish organization um, where you might have a hundred thousand users of privileged accounts compiling and then you have maybe a security incident or a what looks like a breach of a privileged account you've then got to prove to investigators or to regulators that you did everything possible to protect that data. Um, then you've got the task of combing through all the session data, all the session recordings uh, to see how and why that incident may have happened. And that actually is a pretty big task if you think about it. And again, it's not something that uh, privilege access management vendors have perfected yet um, and they, they do obviously have integrations with sim uh, appliances or uh, vulnerability management uh, to help um, but it's still a complex but hugely necessary in fact essential that uh, any privilege access management system everything is recorded and everything is accountable um, otherwise, you're going to cut, run into big, big problems with compliance. Exactly. So, so today we've looked at at um, various, very basic core functionalities of privileged access management, and I think there is a lot more to look at, especially when it comes to session recording and monitoring. Because you've mentioned, of course, you need to have evidence 
what happened in a privileged session when it is really highly critical. So having recording in place is, is required and it's a protection also for the admin. So they can prove they have non, not done anything wrong. Um, but to, to extract the information at real time or afterwards ex post, um, to look at these recordings and to identify the actual deed, if there is one, um, that requires some additional functionalities that helps you and assists you in, in analyzing what's going on, be it graphical sessions or be it text-based QE sessions for the, so the traditional uh, root account. So I think that's it for today's session around core uh, privilege management functionalities. We've talked about the lifecycle management of privileged accounts. We've talked about the um, credentials vault or password vault, where all the um, critical information is stored, um, especially, of course, passwords and stored there safely and securely. Uh, we've talked about um, session management, so applying and um, having them uh, sessions approved. And we've uh, quickly touched upon session recording and monitoring. There is much more to come uh, when it comes to uh, privileged access management, especially when we look at the more sophisticated, more state-of-the-art solutions, which provide um, highly uh, fascinating fu functionalities there as well. There's room for one or the other additional episodes when we try to um, explain what modern PUM solutions look like. Anything you want to add as of now, Paul? No, no, I, I just think, as I said, I think uh, at the start, that the more I learn about privilege access management, uh, the more kind of fascinating it becomes and the, the more challenges there are within it. And um, as we'll, we'll hopefully talk next time when we start talking about some of the critical aspects of transformation that uh, organizations want to operate uh, then but we, we can talk more about that next day right exactly and and we will understand also that that really pam is an enabler a business enabler because many organizations uh, just cannot do their business when they do not have pam in place because it's a requirement for achieving compliance to their regulations so thank you very much, Paul, for today's session. Um, always a pleasure to have you here and looking forward uh, to the next session then when we talk about more sophisticated functionalities there. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks, Matthias. Thank you. Bye-bye.